My first guest of 2017 is Malcolm Davidson. We talk about how he's used YouTube videos to find clients for his mortgage broking business. Welcome to episode 113 of the Marketing and Finance Podcast. This is the podcast for ideas and inspiration on marketing your business and growing your business and for discussing topics on all things finance. And now here's your host, Roger Edwards. Hey folks, and welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Happy New Year. Thanks as always for downloading or streaming the show. I really appreciate your support and your feedback. 2016 was a great year for the podcast. We hit episode 100 and we're now aiming for 200 shows. I've got some great guests lined up for you in 2017. My main aim for the year is to help everyone who runs a business, not just financial services professionals, market their businesses to grow their businesses. There's so much complexity out there. In some respects, marketing has become too intellectualized by big corporates, and this makes it seem inaccessible or even a black art to smaller business owners. Having worked in both big corporate and smaller businesses, I'm on a mission to help bring simplicity back to marketing. You'll hear more about this starting today with Malcolm Davidson and how he's been using YouTube videos to find mortgage clients. If you need help putting together a simple marketing strategy, do please get in touch with me at rogeredwards.co.uk. We can set up a Skype call to discuss your biggest challenges. I'd be delighted to talk to you. So let's get into that interview with Malcolm Davidson. We chat about how the Mortgage Market Review created a massive opportunity for mortgage brokers, shooting quality videos quickly and cost-effectively, handling compliance issues around creating engaging content, and putting out good information rather than just sales blurb. Malcolm is an experienced mortgage broker and director at UK Moneyman Limited. Since the government brought in MMR and the banks have backed away from giving mortgage advice, Malcolm's business has rocketed. He's boosted this success by putting out engaging videos on YouTube which answer clients' questions. He believes his content has attracted clients who have got to know, like and trust him even before they've met him in person. Malcolm, welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Hi, Roger. Thank you for having me. I'm a big fan of the podcast, and um, it's great to be appearing. Malcolm, tell me, where are we Skyping each other from today? Of course, I'm in Edinburgh, as always. Um, I'm here in uh, the 2017 UK city of culture, Kingston-upon-Hull. Kingston-upon-Hull, fantastic. Malcolm, you're a mortgage broker. You work for a company called UK Money Man. You're quite a prolific content creator. You've done videos, you're on social media, doing quite a lot of marketing, which actually is a little bit unusual for financial advisors. And and I want to dig a little bit into that today to find out what motivated you to start doing video and to to promote yourself and to effectively create this, uh, this brand for your company. But before we get to that, Malcolm, give me a little bit of background about yourself. What makes you tick? Okay, uh, Roger, well, I'm, uh, I'm 45 years old and spent my, practically my full career working in financial services. Um, last sort of 20 years of that, I've been a, a specialising in, in mortgages. So I'm, a, I'm a true sort of uh, mortgage bro- broker in the, in the purest, uh, purest of sense. So um, my, uh, my first job in financial services um, was in home service insurance. So the kind of the man from the pru type of job. 
which I was doing in my, in my mid twenties. Um, so that was my, my grounding and, and actually that home service way of delivering financial services has sort of stuck with me all the way through my career. And, and, uh, that will lead on to probably what we talk about in terms of, uh, of marketing, the fact that I actually go out and see people mm-hmm. in their own homes. Uh, so I've been self-employed now for, for, um, over 15 years. And we started this business UK money man back in 2009. Uh, and up until about two years ago, um, I was happily and merrily trading away, um, just working from home with a, with a PA. But uh, things have uh, have expanded pretty quickly um, over the last eighteen months to two years. So you've expanded the number of people working with you. Yeah. So from being just sort of uh, myself, my wife who was doing the, the, the marketing, Amy, and our PA Mel, um, we're now up at um, eight mortgage advisors, mortgage protection advisors, including myself, eight sales support staff. And two people working on working on the marketing now, so we're a team of team of eighteen. That's really impressive growth for over only a few years. So um, even though we've been through a period of quite uh, uh, strong financial upheaval with the um, property crash and the and the um, the recession and everything, is is mortgage business good at the moment, Malcolm? Yeah, things really changed for us in twenty fourteen. Mm-hmm. Um, so these expansion plans weren't kind of something that was part of. Uh, any great sort of grand scheme of, of, of world dominance. Um, it was the, the mortgage market review of 2014, mm-hmm. um, which was the time that banks had to start offering mortgage advice to every single customer. So non-advised sales uh, were banned by the regulator. Yeah. So around about the summer of 2014, all of a sudden, if you were ringing up the bank to arrange a mortgage, which traditionally 50% of people do that and 50% come through a broker, you'd be waiting four or five weeks for an appointment. Right. Um, so that split of 50-50 changed during the course of, of 2014 and onwards. It's a, it's like a 70-30 split. So now 70% of people come through mortgage brokers and just 30% via the bank. So it was kind of how the market switched as much as anything as to why we became a bit of a an overnight success after those all those years. I don't think even I'd... Th- really realized the the big swing that you've just described there 50 50 to 70 30 that's a that's a hell of an opportunity isn't it yeah it, it really is i mean there are, there are a couple of lenders that are doing things in a, in a more modern uh, a more modern way via things like sort of skype interviewing so some are getting it wrong but but generally the banks have made a complete hash of their uh, the direct to consumer proposition over the last two years which has been uh, fantastic news for the for the broker community and of course in terms of another reason why we're so busy is that you mentioned the credit crunch there. Um, we lost about two thirds of the of the industry in terms of advisors at that time as well. Mm-hmm. So so there's a smaller broker community than there was a, a decade ago. Uh, but this mortgage and market, market review change has meant that um, those that did survive the industry um, sort of crashing in 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 07, 08, have come out the other side now and. Um, We've, uh, the, the environment actually for trading is, is really good for mortgage brokers in the UK. Mm. And one of the things that I was really interested in what you said there, Malcolm, was your your background in what I guess the technical term is industrial branch insurance, the man from the Peru. So, so you were one of the guys who used to create relationships with the local community and, and effectively visit your customers once every week, once every couple of weeks, and, and really get to know, know your customers and, and, and build a relationship with them over the long term. I've always thought that the industry uh, uh, is worse off for the demise of that sort of um, 
model, albeit that a, I, I imagine it's a very expensive one to run, I think that relationship building is something that we perhaps lack in financial services these days. And I'm not suggesting that those industrial branch uh, products were by any way, uh, shape or means, you know, the, the, the best products that were out there in, t- in, t- in terms of charging, et cetera, and performance. However, people don't save anymore, and they used to save when they used to have the man from the Britannic or the United Friendly coming around and collecting their premiums. Mm. They were saving up into a savings contract, and the clients that we meet now, you know, just there's no savings culture, and um, I think that's you know the demise of the of the home service insurance guy. Um, I think undoubtedly uh, played its part uh, in that, but it was good. It was good grounding for me. So in terms of working the weekends and working the evenings and working around when clients can see can see you. Um, it's a big selling point of my current business that we can come and come and see you at a time and place of your convenience. Um, and that's something I think that stayed with me all the way through my career. I always wonder as well whether the man from the Prue would be replaced by the man from the iPad and that instead of knocking on doors, we could effectively start Skyping our customers or FaceTiming our customers. Is that is that on the horizon, do you think? Or I know there's a few, few companies are, are using Skype and are using FaceTime, but it's not that... It's not that well um, widespread, is it? it, it it's not. Um, if you look at a, a lender that's embracing the technology better than some, that would be the nationwide. So you would actually go into a nationwide branch and you'd be Skyping a mortgage advisor in their head office. Mm-hmm. So they're not having to man the branches as such. Um, so that, so they're, they're getting that way as well. We do some bits um, sort of by phone and, uh, and by Skype, but because a mortgage is such a big transaction, you only do it once every five, six, seven years, or buying a house once a decade. Mm. It's, it's quite a big deal, really, and just to sort of sit around the kitchen table with a cup of tea for, for an hour and, and thrash out all the options, that's kind of the service that our clients are buying into in terms of face-to-face mortgage advice. So it actually all really just comes back to physical face-to-face interactions after all these years, effectively. Well, I always say our, 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 the actual core service of providing that mortgage advice is, is very old-fashioned. It's something I've been doing all my life. However, the way, the way that we market ourselves is modern and is different to, to how other companies do it for sure. So you started off, obviously, in the industrial branch, creating relationships with customers, and you've brought some of those experiences and some of those lessons with you into your company today. So t- talk me through how you've how you've developed UK Money Man and how you've moved into this digital marketing space to grow and to create relationships with your customers. Well, we started the business in 2009, literally from scratch. I had a, a business par- partner previously in and, and I let him take all the old client bank, and it was a it was a strange and brave move. But what what my wife Amy and I decided that we'd like to do um, is start a mortgage brokerage, literally from scratch. And we didn't want to have any introducers. Okay. So you may so you may have noticed um, uh, recently the FCA are going to look into relationships between estate agents and mortgage brokers, and we just didn't want to kind of be relying on anyone to um, to fill my diary. We wanted to sort of do it do it ourselves. Um, and an inspiration for that in terms of the kind of, just to give you a flavor of what we sort of st- started off trying to achieve, uh, it's a, kind of a divisive character in our industry, but Martin Lewis, yes, someone, yes. So, someone who can um, put things across in a very clear way that, that people can understand, people that have maybe been disenfranchised from, from financial services and the mortgage market. So, so we tried to do it um, via the internet and uh, we, we'd done a lot of research and obviously the, what we found was the web was making was shrinking the world, making mm. everything kind of hyper local. So what we tried to do was to put to, to put myself forward as 
uh, as the whole money man and I'd be the local expert that people would, would call first in the event that they needed some financial advice, needed a mortgage um, and, and they would find me online um, uh, via, via a Google search. So we had to build a website and then work out ways of optimizing that website so it came at the top of the searches um, no matter what our clients were looking for in terms of buy to let first time buyers etc if they were looking for someone in their in their local area so that I was the the go-to person mm-hmm. so effectively what you've done is you've created a, a brand for yourself UK money man and you've built a website you've put videos on the website and what you're looking for is people in your area to be typing in questions to Google and those questions could be how what what what's the best way of getting a mortgage in Hull, um, or what are the best rates for mortgages? How much can I borrow? That sort of thing. And what's happening is when people are typing those questions into Google, your face is popping up on the screen either as a video or as your website. That's exactly what's happening, and and um, and then you'll finally be what we call a moments of intent. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this this customer may have been may have noticed our websites. They, um, they may have been on it two or three times and not made co- contact with us. But when the time is right for them to buy, they do that search again, the type in for that, the, the, um, the, the first time buy a mortgage in Hull. Our website pops up again. Perhaps they've already registered with us on a, on a mailing list and they've been getting regular communications from us. At that time, when they have that moment of intent, we want to be the first uh, company that they ring and we want to be highly responsive and pick the phone up or respond to their email immediately because we know how this market works and uh, we don't want them not getting the answer that they want or not getting through to me and then going down to the second or third company on that uh, on that search that they've performed. I think it's a very important point just to, to underline there, Malcolm, isn't it, that these things take time and like any marketing campaign or, or it's a long game and as you say somebody who's thinking through their finances thinking about maybe taking out a mortgage or changing their mortgage it's going to take them time and they may see your face 20 30 times before the decision point and what you've done is you've created the, the you've created that framework so that they almost familiar with you they recognize you even if they haven't done business with you yet as you say they may have registered for your email list but once they make that decision right today's mortgage day or today's financial advice day your forefront of mind they see you on, on the internet on google search and they pick up the phone or they email and the, and these days of course roger the um one of the key things that that all consumers looking for is is reviews of the service as well mm. so, so it's important for us to provide a five-star service to all our clients and then if they're happy at the point of completion we ask them all for a review and of course you say about building up over time well that's how the website has developed over time um, because we've got dozens and dozens of, of satisfied customers that have been kind enough to leave us um, amazing comments online mm. and, and even if that that new customer is, is engaging me for the very first time they, they feel like they almost know me if they've read the reviews on the on the website that people have been kind enough to leave for me that's it this is classic content marketing you've created a whole host of content on your website your videos etc and and people do get to know you in advance of doing business with you and they get to know you and they get to like you and there's also that trust element as as well so that when you do finally have a face-to-face interaction with you as you say they feel like they already know you and, and that's a massive 
step forward and a great way to market your business. And unfortunately, there's not that many financial services professionals doing this sort of marketing. Was there a light bulb moment that you had, Malcolm, where you just thought this is the way to do it? Yes, I think the light bulb moment for me, uh, Roger, would have been not wanting to be beholden to, to any introducers, putting appointments in my diary. Um, because obviously you, you want to get the, the job right first time. You, you don't want to be recommending mortgages where you think perhaps the client ought not to be proceeding. And you can you can see how that might rub against, up against an estate agent. They want to sell the house, but I don't think the mortgage is the right thing for them. Mm. So it was all a case of really how can we generate our own work um, without having um, – any professional introducers for us so that was the thing that that kind of drove us to do it in our own our own way and how have you gone about putting this content together i'm looking at your actually at your youtube page at the moment where all your videos sit and i'm looking at 20 to 25 videos um a lot of people think and one of the reasons why a lot of people perhaps don't do video is they think it's really technical and difficult or they have to have really flashy cameras and lots of lights and green screens and things like that but i suspect that you haven't gone to those lengths but your videos look really professional and are very well put together just talk me through how you've gone about that well if you think in terms of the position of the brand Roger, um, we don't really want to look really flashy and professional. That's not what our clients are looking for. Mm-hmm. Think about it. They're not they're not looking for a big bank here. They're looking for their local mortgage person, aren't they? They're not yeah. looking for some sort of Hollywood-produced style video. Mm-hmm. So we, we use the word, it's suitably amateurish. Okay, so it looks... <laughs> I like that. So it look it looks it looks okay and and the sound you know we just got a, a a microphone and we record it on a on a on a phone with a tripod normally on the on the head on the headshot kind of videos, mm. um, but that the the brand plays into that because it's just it's just me. There's a new story that's out today, and I'm just going to give you 30 seconds or a minute because people's appetite for these videos is very very short. If they've got you know, so that might just spark their interest. They'll, they'll, they'll kind of look at it. Um, and and what we what we the only thing really that we've paid for in terms of video is we have got one sort of nicely produced corporate video that sits on the homepage. And when a customer registers with us, um, they get an email back, and just so that they know what the service looks like in terms of how we'll deliver it. So you'll make an initial call, then we'll come out and see you in your home out of hours. So we made one uh, professional video, and all the rest of it we just do weekly. Um, we film it ourselves and uh, we upload it across all the social social media channels and it gets shared around if it's of interest. Yeah, and again, I think that, um, you know, some people will sit there thinking, what, you mean you're taking these videos on your phone? But again, most mobile phones these days, you know, the latest iPhone takes 4K um, video, which is actually better than broadcast quality on BBC TV. So even though you've gone for the, I, lo- I love that phrase, and, and, and even though you've gone for that suitably amateurish approach, I think that's exactly what people want these days, because it does show the real you. It is human, you know, overproduction can be off-putting. Um, and what you've got here is you've just got yourself talking to the customer, which is exactly what people want. It's a bit. It's right. It's rather like a financial advisor or mortgage advisor turn up to a client's house in a really flashy car. That that's not the image that you want to portray. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to portray me um, as someone that's spending the client fees on on lots of expensive video production. All we want to do is put some in, push some information out there um, in a very quick uh, and easily digestible way. Um, but the speed that the information comes out is important as well. Um, and, and this is one of the things that will hamstring some of your listeners here in terms of 
um, why they don't do this kind of thing, um, because how it works with their compliance and financial promotions departments, especially if they're part of a network. Mm. So it's, let's let's have a look at some of those reasons then why um, other financial services professionals aren't doing what you're doing. And let's face it, if they're not doing it, it's good for you. But I do think the market is um, is big enough for everybody to try and promote themselves in this way. So the the compliance one is 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 very important, and you know a lot of people are frightened of compliance. They're scared that they're going to do promotions. That means they stay off social media. They're not doing video like this. And okay, if you're if you're having to report to a centralised compliance function, it can be difficult. What would your advice be to people who are thinking about starting to produce content like this? How do you keep yourself compliant without the bureaucracy? Well, between 2009 and the end of 2014, we were an AR of a network, and we faced the same frustrations um, as, as your listeners and, and people that aren't involved in, in doing this kind of promotion in that, it's, it's so important, Roger, that if a news story comes out, you really want to be pushing that tweet or that video or that Facebook post out today. There's no point waiting 48 hours. It, it's, you know, it's, it's the day before yesterday's news. It's no good. Mm. Uh, whereas a financial promotions department at any big network will, will take a day or two to approve kind of anything like that. And, and, and I've got to be honest, if I were in charge of a network, I don't think I'd be that comfortable with, with having uh, my ARs just saying what they wanted out on, on social media. So I completely understand, you know, why the networks operate in that in that way. So we took the decision. That was one of the driving forces behind us deciding to go directly authorised at the end of 2014. So we could take control of this back. We're not going to say anything completely outrageous or outlandish or tell the customers to do all, lots of things that they ought not to be doing. All the guidance is out there. The regulator does put out guidelines that that, that you can interpret in your own way. Um, you can look at what other bigger providers are doing as well, what, what risk warnings have got to go on. And and for us, it, it, it's kind of fairly simple. Um, the consumers love what we put out there. Uh, we quite often get positive comments about what, what we're actually doing. But like I say, if I was a network, I, I think I might be hamstringing some of my guys from, from, from using the medium as well. Uh, and uh, I suppose it could be um, maybe a, a slightly a generational thing mm-hmm. as well. I'm I'm 45, but I'd probably still be at the the younger end of, of the market. You know, when you go to the, away to these um, seminars and um, and roundtable events, the average age is a, a little bit higher than that. And and perhaps that's a thing as well that that there is this um, generational element. People are a bit older and a bit a bit scared of the media. What's scared of what the what they might say for fear of the implications. Mm, I think I, I have a nice, succinct way of putting this. Don't push product, just point to great content. Um, so, you know, you could have a video that says, um, if you're thinking about a, a mortgage, here's a link to all the information you know, but I'm going to answer a question that you might have about a mortgage topic, like I'm looking at one here now. Um, I've got a CCJ and you've answered a question about that. So I think as long as you're not, actively pushing a specific product then the compliance issues really don't exist it's when you start getting into the detail of products themselves and whether you're actually recommending them that's when you cross the line and as long as you don't cross the line there shouldn't be an issue at all but yeah i I understand exactly what you're saying about it being a generational thing as well i think there's an inbuilt fear that this new technology is all here to trip us up. And and actually, in, in reality, it's no different. The message is no different ultimately than something you might have put in a paper advert or 
put in a newspaper, it still has to obey the rules. But just because it's digital doesn't mean to say it's any more scary or, or, or any less scary. What you mentioned there in terms of um, pushing product is, is really important. I'm a big believer in, in, in pushing out free information. So it, it was very rare that I would say anything about call me, ring me, I'm the best mortgage broker in the country. It's not that whatsoever. So we just put out lots of free information. And I'm quite sure, Roger, that, that there'll be many people that, that read what we do in terms of the blogs and or watch the videos and actually go away and do the mortgage themselves and we don't end up getting paid. Mm. But that's okay. Do you know, I, I'd, I'd, I'd sooner do that and be the, the person that's, that's putting this information out because I think there are more people that would look at it and think, yeah, when the time comes, that Malcolm will be the person that I ring up and, and ask for mortgage advice. So and I think it just comes across um, so cheesy when you're just trying to sell, sell, sell on, on the internet. It's just not the way forward for me. No, I agree. Social media, digital marketing to me is all about engagement. It's not about selling. Selling is 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 very old fashioned. And I think that a video like the ones that you produce are engaging. They are giving people a reason to create a relationship with you rather than being sold to. And I think that's very, very important. Where do you get your ideas from, Malcolm, for your videos? Is it quite simply just answering questions that people have yes so um obviously we've got myself here and seven other advisors now uh, and we're generating hundreds and hundreds of inquiries per month so we know what what's on trend okay so Mm. so for example the part of the help to buy is coming to an end this month we've had this year um uh, brexit we've had this year the government having an assault on on landlords so for some reason they've turned against buy to let mm-hmm. so the, the content is very easy it's just what our customers are ringing up with concerns and if we think if if we get this inquiry two or three times obviously it's something that people are talking about we're following trade press as well um but remember we're we're, we're pushing this information out to consumers we're not that bothered about you know becoming a big noise in terms of, of industry mm-hmm. we're just to, to to take the message that's out there the fears that are out there and putting the information out so people can understand what's happening, things that they've heard about and things that they're nervous about as well. So actually coming up with ideas is is very simple. I reckon we could do something every day if we had to. Mm-hmm. And how long on average does it take you to make one of your videos? I mean, I'm, again, I'm looking here at the YouTube page. Most of them are between a minute and two minutes long. So how long would it take you to put together one of these videos and edit it and upload it? Okay, well, um, filling our office um, edits the videos just on some um, some simple software um, so my involvement in it, Roger, is the length of the video because I usually get it right on the first take, and even if I stutter a bit, it's no big deal. You know, I'm not pretending to be George Clooney. <laughs> so, 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 so my uh, my input into this would be um, the spark of an idea, and and the one minute it takes to record the video. Um, but Phil's really good now, and um, th- th- we've got a top and tail little um, intro and outro that we use on each of the videos. So that's all prepared now. So for the time it would take for me coming up with the idea in the morning, recording it for a minute, that, that post will be up within a couple of hours normally. And again, I think that also manages to refute another of the objections that some people would have for doing this sort of content is that they haven't got time. And it's quite clear that if you make time, you don't have to make much time 
to create this sort of content. And I think that's a, a really important lesson for, for any financial um, professional to learn. And I, I'm, I like, I'm like you, I do my own videos as well. And I don't quite get them right first time, like it seems that you do, Malcolm, but usually get them done within one or two takes. And if the overall video is only a couple of minutes long anyway, it doesn't take you long to put something of really good quality together and get it up there onto the internet so that your customers can see it. So what, what sort of results have you had as a, a, um, since you've been doing this content, since you've been out there with your videos and your digital marketing? Well, um, I think it was the market that did as, as much as a favor as, as how, how, how good we are, really, mm. because, like I said, those changes in the mortgage market review just meant that that market split went naturally from 50-50 to 70-30 in the favor of, of, um, of the mortgage broker. Mm -hmm. um, but I suppose the result would, would be, Roger, that I was, uh, you know, only um, sort of two and a half years ago, I was working from my converted garage with one PA. We're now at a team of 18 people. Um, so that would that would be the result. So from from you know from doing um, fifteen to twenty mortgages per month, um, we're probably going to expect to do seven or eight hundred deals next year. Wow. So and and this has been a it's not you know it's not everything's down to the fact that I've done a few YouTube videos. You know we're we're working on other areas as well, mm. uh, but it has been uh, quite a fast period of growth. And and all we're trying to do it's not expansion for expansion's sake it's we're just trying to service the need of the, of the consumers that have been uh, left out of the system that the banks for some reason no longer want to deal with on a face-to-face -face basis for mortgage advice and what would you say was the one big lesson that you'd like the listeners of the marketing and finance podcast to take away from the experiences you've had over the last few years i, I suppose in, in in terms of the of the marketing I, i'd be had I would be concerned if I was relying on, on one particular introducer mm -hmm. for work. Um, I, I still don't think you can beat a referral in terms of um, in, you know marketing and new customers. I really think that's the best possible um, way of acquiring a, a customer. Um, so you've got to work on that um, as well. But I would say don't be afraid of the, of the technology. Um, if, if you're not comfortable in front of the camera, or uh, if you don't have the technical skills or someone you know has got the technical skills, look at outsourcing it. I don't think it, this would be a particularly expensive thing to do, um, you know, using a local provider of um, to, to manage all these social media platforms. That's really good advice, Malcolm, really good advice. And uh, hopefully there'll be people out there listening to the podcast today who might just dust down... Oh dust down that's a silly thing to say isn't it most people have got their mobile phones in their hands all the time but actually yeah. use their mobile phone as a video camera and actually start to think about what they could produce content wise to engage with their clients and to ultimately to grow their businesses and obviously you've done a lot of marketing for your own business but part of the, the um, chat I like to have on the podcast is also what's going on out there in the world in other industries and, and other marketing campaigns and other things that we can see going on. So is there a, has, has there been a marketing campaign or a product or something that's caught your eye in the last year that you thought, yep, yeah, really like that? And if so, what is it? And, and tell us what you liked about it. Well, I think in terms of tapping into the consciousness of a, a very targeted audience, uh, the best marketing campaign in the UK this year was Vote Leave. Mm -hmm. um, I, I just think, um, you know, that the element of, of fear um, was tapped into by that campaign and um, of course like, we might be looking back in five or ten years as something that a marketing campaign changed changed the course of, of, of British politics and, um, and and what we're all about really so I would say in terms of 2016 without a doubt for me that 
the best marketing campaign was Vote Leave. <laughs> a lot of people would be uh, saying that through gritted teeth, I imagine, but uh, can't argue with that. <laughs> probably 48% of people. But, uh... <laughs> and Malcolm, what about business books? Have you got a really good business book that you always pick up and go to? And if, if so, what is it? And tell us what you like about it. Well, I just think there's so much great content out there. So um, I'm reading LinkedIn most days and mm. um, there are people that I follow on Twitter as well. But in, in, uh, in terms of a book, I think the big learning point for me in the last years, I've had to start managing people mm-hmm. again. So um, so I've been looking into sort of management. Uh, and one of the better ones from this year was, was uh, leading. So Sir Alex Ferguson, and I've been trying to learn the difference between managing staff which maybe isn't particularly my, my strong point but actually sort of leading from the front really so uh, leading by Alex Ferguson I would say that's really good I, I, I was um, watching a video recently of a, an American guy called um, Simon Sinek and he said most people don't want to be managed they want to be led <laughs> that sounds exactly like uh, the experience you've had with that book Malcolm it's been fascinating to talk to you today really like what you're doing on the marketing side really like your videos really like your approach it's, this is really good content marketing and I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of people listening to the podcast that are gonna to want to get in touch with you so what is the best way to connect with you thanks Roger and I really enjoyed it and keep up the good work on the uh, on the podcast I'm an avid listener as I've uh, as I said at the start um, you can find me on all the um, all the social media platforms. So my name is Malcolm Davidson, and um, if you want to email me, it's Malcolm at ukmoneyman.com. And I'll include all the links to your social media, LinkedIn, Twitter, etc., in the show notes for this podcast, which you can find at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MAF. That's rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MAF. Malcolm, thanks so much for coming on the show. It's been really good to talk to you. Hopefully we can meet up in person sometime and have a glass of beer or a coffee together. Anytime, Roger. I look forward to it. And thank you again. Thanks for listening to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Do please look at the show notes at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MAF for links to the topics, apps and books we discussed. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes. If you are a business person, financial services professional or journalist and have a marketing or finance story to tell, please get in touch. You could be the next guest on the show. And do remember, nothing we talk about on the show is financial advice of any kind. It's just thoughts and opinions. Okay? 